Good morning, church family. It's good to be with you again here at Risen King at home. I want to just take the opportunity to encourage you. In this season of social distancing, I want to encourage you to get connected to one of our online life groups. You don't have to be isolated. You don't have to live in social isolation. You don't have to be alone in this season. There are groups of people that would love to come alongside you. And it's as easy as going to risenkingchurch.com forward slash groups online to sign up. I also want to take the time to thank you for your generosity. Your giving is making a direct impact in the fight against COVID-19. I want to thank all of those in our church family who are volunteering and serving week to week with our outreach boxes of hope, delivering necessary household and hygiene items to those who are in quarantine in our community. You can be part of the difference too. You can give financially and you can also take the long way home from the grocery store and drop off some items at the church. Simply go to risenkingchurch.com forward slash boxes of hope to find out more. You can continue to be part of lovingly serving our community, of blessing our missionaries, and continuing to drive the fight against COVID-19 and bringing hope to people all around the world and especially in our communities. And we want to encourage you to do that by giving at this time at risenkingchurch.com forward slash give. Or you can mail in your giving at Risen King Church, 26 Manning Avenue, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. See, hope is on the way. Now, I'm excited this morning to continue on in our teaching series in the book of 2 Corinthians. What a great sermon series and teaching series this has been. Now, we're living in incredibly difficult times. We're experiencing loss on a massive scale, loss of income, loss of human touch, loss of social interactions, loss of relationships, and even the loss of loved ones. Now, all of that produces something called distress inside of us. Distress is defined as a feeling of extreme worry, sadness, or pain. It's being exhausted or weakened with strain. It's being troubled at heart. Ships send out distress signals when they're in trouble at sea. The most powerful of the powerful people of our world cannot escape distress. The richest of the rich cannot avoid it. The most spiritual of the spiritual are confronted with it. See, distress is common to all. Scripture teaches us, it says, David was greatly distressed in his heart. In fact, Mark chapter 14, verse 33, makes it clear that even Jesus himself couldn't dodge distress. It says he, Jesus, began to be deeply distressed and troubled. So much so that he said in the next verse, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I'm going to tell you, that's some pretty deep Distress. Distress is, in fact, a common feeling experience. When we're distressed, it affects us in a variety of different ways. Sorrow. We just finished reading Jesus himself in a time of distress felt deep sorrow. Weariness as well. The psalmist once said, I am weary 
from distress. Perhaps some of you right now are experiencing a lack of sleep. When King David was going through a season of distress, he said, you don't even let me sleep. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 27 says that distress can give us a sense of being overwhelmed. In fact, in Psalm 77 verse 4, David is so overwhelmed by distress that he doesn't even know how or what to pray. But I don't want to focus too much on the effects of distress. Instead, I'm here to share with you that there is an answer to your distress. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, he wrote, and he experienced all sorts of hardships, and he actually documents those hardships. In chapter 4, we spoke about how he'd been surrounded and battered by troubles. In chapter 5, he cried out in frustration. In chapter 6, he spoke about being beaten up, jailed, slandered, ignored, beaten within an inch of his life, immersed in tears, living on handouts, and having nothing. And in chapter 7, he now turns to this critical discussion on distress. So turn with me in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 through 12, and I'm going to read this from the message version because I want this to be very, very clear for you this morning. Apostle Paul writing, when we arrived in Macedonia province, we couldn't settle down. The fights in the church and the fears in our hearts kept us on pins and needles. We couldn't relax because we didn't know how it would turn out. Then the God who lifts up the downcast lifted our heads and our hearts with the arrival of Titus. We were glad just to see him, but the true reassurance came in what he told us about you, how much you cared, how much you grieved, how concerned you were for me. I went from worry to tranquility in no time. I know I distressed you greatly with my letter. Although I felt awful at the time, I don't feel at all bad now that I see how it turned out. The letter upset you, but only for a while. Now I'm glad, not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you from him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets. He ended up on a deathbed of regrets. And now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer or brought you closer to God. You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from my angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. And that's what I was hoping for in the first place when I wrote my letter. Paul points out some sources of distress. Now change is a major source of distress. Now change is difficult for most of us. Paul often changed locations, typically under duress, which caused distress and stress. He says when we arrived in Macedonia, we couldn't settle down. He says that there was uncertainty. He says we couldn't relax because we didn't know how it would turn out the word worry comes from the old english word wirgen which originally meant to strangle 
See, uncertainty, worry is distressing. It doesn't allow you to relax. It feels like you are suffocating with the environment and the crisis that is going on around you. It literally strangles peace. Fears in their heart. The fears in our heart kept us on pins and needles, the Apostle Paul says. Tension and conflict. He speaks about fights in the church. Misunderstanding, correction, and discipline. And then he speaks about bad news as a source of distress. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 26, he says, He was very distressed that you heard he was ill. Now, we all have a tendency to magnify or exaggerate the source of our distress. Imagining the most unfavorable outcome causing us to become even more distressed psychologists call it catastrophic thinking brings back to mind the story of what Elijah did in first Kings chapter 19 after fleeing from Jezebel following his showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel well God literally sends fire down from heaven it is one of the most miraculous and amazing things that had ever happened in the Bible Elijah walks away from that situation exhausted, discouraged, and distressed. He says to God that all the people of Israel have forsaken God. That he's the only one left who is faithful. What the truth is, there were actually 7,000 people left that were faithful to the Lord. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul goes on to say that when distress casts a shadow on things, God shined a light and brought delightful encouragement and Paul mentions two key ways for dealing with distress in our lives two powerful sources of encouragement for those who are distressed right now he says in verse 6 the God who lifted up the downcast lifted our heads and our hearts first Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says David was greatly distressed but David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God it's in these critical and crucial seasons where we need to enter into a depth of relationship and trust in God. He also says that prayer was a powerful source of encouragement. He says, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. That's David speaking. Psalm 118 verse 5 says, in my distress I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. So how did he begin to free himself from the stress? He began rehearsing God's faithfulness and remembering God's promises. Psalm 77, David had spent the first nine verses telling us how distressed he had been. Then in verse 11, everything changes. He says, I will recall all you have done. I will remember your wonderful deeds. I will find and fill my mind with your mighty works. When you're distressed, pour out your heart to God. And after that, fight the urge to dwell upon whatever it may be that is causing you to be distressed. Soak yourself in the promises of God. Rehearse his faithfulness. Instead of magnifying the source of your distress, focus on God's power to work on your behalf. Working all things together for your good and for his glory. God wants us. To trust him. To personally come to know him like Paul had. As the God who lifts up the downcast. I want to encourage you. There's so much that is going on 
around us right now. That it's easy to focus on the crisis and miss what God is doing in the midst of this. God is bringing people back to himself. God didn't orchestrate this. But the scriptures teach us God works together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God is reaching people's hearts to this. The other day I spoke with someone from our church that has felt led to start video recording devotionals for people who don't know Jesus. Someone contacted her the other day and told her how saddened they were and that they were on the verge of taking their life. What time did this occur? 4.30 in the morning. Somebody was paying attention to Jesus. Somebody was paying attention to the Spirit's prompting on their heart. A person prayed, counseled with them, allowed that person to pour out their heart to them. And that person said, you didn't know I was going to take my life today, but I feel refreshed in God. You see, these are the silver linings in this tragedy. And I thought that it was so wonderful, so beautiful, that God would take care of just simply just one just one of us, a very deep and personal issue. This is, we serve a deep and personal God that cares about us. Turn to God. Remember his faithfulness. Listen to the voice of God as it speaks to your heart, as it prompts you. Don't turn inward in this season. Turn outward. How can you serve your community? How can you serve the body of Christ in this season? How can you serve people who are perhaps emotionally and physically vulnerable in this season? Second thing that the Apostle Paul says is he's, he's greatly encouraged by the body of Christ. Paul's encouragement comes from the arrival of Titus. As well as the good news that he shared about the church in Corinth. See, Paul is distressed. And then Titus shows up. And Paul says, we were glad just to see him. Being with other faith-filled, spirit-filled, loving believers does wonders when you're in distress. God never meant for us to go through life on our own. It's not good. Attempting to deal with distress on your own only leads to more distress. One of the best things that you can do when you're distressed is to get yourself connected to a group of fellow believers. In this season, connect with folks on FaceTime, Zoom, Facebook. Give someone a call. Join an online life group. And listen, don't just get connected to any believers. Don't hang around some pessimistic conspiracy theorists naysayers all those kind of people do is feed the distress in your life take a moment shut the news off go and find a group of people that you can meet pray with through technology surround yourself with believers who carry a good and a positive message and it's clear that Titus was that type of guy. It wasn't just seeing Titus that brought encouragement to Paul. It was Titus's good news that he delivered to Paul. Paul was distressed. But hearing how much the believers in Corinth cared and were concerned for him changed the dynamics. Paul says, I went from worry to tranquility in no time. There are two options 
when distress comes your way. Distress will either drive you from God or drive you to God. Paul complimented the Corinthians who had become distressed because of Paul's previous letter to them. He said to them, you let the distress bring you to God, not drive you away from him. The result was all gain and no loss. Alternatively, Paul points out that when we allow distress to drive us away from God, we're left with a life of regrets. Distress causes us to feel as though we're at the end of our rope. Our troubles are real. Distress comes to all of us, but it's how we respond that determines whether we experience regrets or refreshment. We may think, you may think, that you are at the end of your rope, but we're never at the end of our hope. Hope is always on the way. Church, would you allow me the privilege to pray with you right now? We're blessed by your presence right now. Please let us know that you're here. Go to risenkingchurch.com forward slash connect. I want to take the opportunity to pray with you right now because I realize that a natural emotional response to what is happening all across the globe is to feel a sense of distress. But I want to give you some practical things that you can do. I want you to shut the news off, quiet yourself in a room, take your phone, play your favorite worship song, and begin to worship along with it. You're going to see your spirits are going to get lifted up. Take the opportunity. Go out to your front porch. Go to your backyard. Soak in the sun. Let the sun hit you. Take a nice book out there. Read the Bible out there. Commune with God out there. And you're going to feel your spirits get lifted up. Call someone in this season that you know needs you. Somebody that perhaps you haven't spoken with or connected with in a long time. That will lift your spirits up. Get involved and serve. The more outward focused we are, the less opportunity we have to become wallowed in our distress. And so I want to encourage you, do these practical things. And you're going to see your emotions begin to shift and change and turn around. Pay attention for what God is doing in this critical moment in this season. And you're going to see the beauty of what God is bringing about in the midst of this satanic attack from the enemy called COVID-19. How would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you. You prove yourself faithful time and time again. We cherish your presence. We cherish the fact that you are a personal God that cares so deeply about us. Father, in this moment, many of us are overwhelmed with feelings of stress, distress, and crisis. Father, we hand over those emotions to you. We lay them at your feet. We realize that they're a nat natural response. But we also realize that if we focus on that place too long and park our lives in that place, that it does no good to our health and our well-being or our future. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now 
that we would begin to become uplifted, God, in joy and peace, Lord Jesus, that we, God, would focus on your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Focus on your promise. Focus on how you've delivered us before and how we know surely you will do it again. And so, Father, we give our lives to you. We give our hearts to you. And we know that you are faithful, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on until the day of completion. We know that you finish what you start, God. And we're counting on that in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need more prayer today, I want to encourage you to go to risenkingchurch.com forward slash prayer. We'll be glad to pray for you, pray for the things that are on your heart. We love you. We cherish you. On behalf of myself, Crystal, Isabella, Sophia, and Micah, the elders and our leadership team, I want to say we love you. We cherish you. Thank you for your faithfulness. We love you. Until next week, God bless you, Risen King.